0: Welcome to Flippin' and Mashin', episode 62. This is a podcast about pinball, arcade, video games, and whatever else we have in our basement. And enjoy. This is your host, Parnell. With me is... Ryan! Not even low Ryan, huh?
1: Yeah, not low Ryan. I, I felt like spicing it up a little bit.
0: Ooh. It's not Ooh. medieval times anymore. We're we're going to the future, baby. We are. Are you, uh, are you drinking something fun? I
1: am. Tonight I'm drinking a, uh, well, it's not fun. <laughs> I'm drinking a White Claw Hard Seltzer Iced Tea Mango. Holy shit. There's a title. Yeah. They, they really fucking suck. I mean, I know my friend listens to this podcast. Zach, hashtag shout out. Um, <laughs> you're now famous. You're welcome. Uh, Zach and Marissa, uh, thank you for leaving a few of the White Claws here. Uh, However, they're not my favorite. I think the original White Claws are better than this iced tea stuff. But in either case, I have a drink tonight, so cheers to you for uh, donating a drink to my uh, Sunday podcast with Parnell.
0: Clink, clink. it clank. A friend of mine says that the cherry, or maybe it's dark cherry or black cherry, White Claw is the best seller. So potentially that will be the best flavor. If you want to try a hard seltzer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I like White Claw's hard seltzers. They're not bad. Uh, This iced tea, just the iced tea flavors overall, I have not tried one that I like. And they have a whole one gram of sugar. I don't like iced tea, so... Which is unacceptable. That's way too much. It's going to make me fat.
0: (laughs) At dinner, I had a hard seltzer that was called Press. They're not bad, but... Gosh darn it, did it give me heartburn like a mofo. Front row. So now I'm drinking a vodka squirt so that I can wake up to record this podcast and have some squirty t- personality. Yeah, you're really reaching there. <laughs> Maybe it won't be so boring.
1: Yeah, well, obviously not. You couldn't even say, you know, whatever else is in our basement like the third time so holy guacamole man already
0: lit listeners get ready i'm either drunk as hell or i'm tired as hell it's a mixture of both everyone what's new in your game room not Um, game wise but like well i mean if there is a new game but anything new happening on your side of the of the state you know not really
1: i wish there was ah yes holy shit actually everyone mark their calendars down today March 28th at 9.54 p.m. Yesterday, my distributor down at the Pinball Place in New Ulm finally was able to bother Stern enough to get my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles replacement playfield.
0: So mm. thank you,
1: Glenn, down at the Pinball Place for f- being able to bother Stern enough to where they sent me a replacement play field. It unfortunately was not signed by Dwight and Borg. Kind of disappointed there. Guys really missed uh, the mark a little bit. But I am very happy to have it.
0: Uh, if anybody is new or doesn't remember, Ryan's original had... When you're looking at it, it looks like the print head was dirty or clogged, right? It has, like, print lines.
1: Yeah, it was either, like, running out of ink or, like, the print heads were dirty, I, you know... I've I've heard people say both were possible, but they they did eventually, after many 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 moons, uh, correct it now. So I did get a unpopulated playfield. That is a new addition to the basement.
0: Do you think you will ever install it, or will it just hang on your wall and/or stay with the game if you sell it?
1: Good question. Um, I'll install it if the playfield that's in it gets super blown out because I have been hearing that some people have been having issues with wear around the pizza disc that could be not great if that happened and if that were the case then yeah I'll probably be doing something Uh, otherwise I don't think I'm going to swap it in as much as I'd like to see the better playfield in it that is a shit ton of work I I think I'm just going to Figure out some way to have LEDs in a string light configuration that I can get them to like twinkle or fire off differently uh, and just kind of light up the inserts and just call it a day and hang it on the wall. And when I sell the game, I'll probably keep the play field because mm. uh, the way I look at it is I already lost money on it, uh, you know, buying it new. So I'll keep the play field to remind myself of the terrible investment uh new in box games can be sometimes <laughs> then we look at some of the other fucking games and man seems like all the ones mean you don't own that are new in box they they go up in value so
0: even led zeppelin <sighs> right
1: yeah yeah led zeppelin's nearly fucking holding at what you could buy him for new right now i can't believe it yet i see turtles getting listed did you put
0: mylar around your pizza disc
1: Uh, There's mylar around it, but they didn't do it all the way to the edge. So I think at some point soon, I'm going to go back and put another layer of mylar over my mylar uh, with the pizza disc out and cut the mylar down to Mm -hmm. where it kind of like protects the edge. Mm -hmm. They put mylar down where the art is, but there's a small section in between the art and the physical ledge where like mm-hmm. the disc then is where there's no art. So it can be quote unquote beat up, but the art doesn't take any damage from it. So it seems like Stern knew that, you know, that could be a high wear area and their solution was instead of having the art literally right up to the edge, they backed the art off some. So if it does chip or take a little bit of damage there, you still won't lose any of the artwork. Right. Uh, all right.
0: right, Yep. Yeah, one of those, dang it, things. It is, it is.
1: But I mean, you know, like I said, so far, I'm gonna knock on some wood here. So far, Turtles has been great. Haven't had any issues with it, uh, other than the playfield shipping and it looking really poopy. Uh, that's really you say the only or thing. Shipping shipping? Shipping with mm. poopy art on the playfield. Other than that, though, it's it's been good. So. I guess I gotta take the battles that I've won in stride. What about you, Parnell? What kind of crazy bullshit you got going on in your basement.
0: Uh, I still have a c d c Lucy for sale, Golden tea. I don't know how much you've talked about golden tea. On the <sighs> not very much because we've had interviews, right? Okay, so Ren and I picked up a golden tea not to keep it powered on <laughs> yep we were we were either going to route it or flip it. We are flipping it. I picked it up. It powered, but no thing. Well, nothing really. No thing. Nothing lit on the screen. No sound. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. No sound. Yeah, Ryan I mean, came we, up. We didn't even know if it was booting. To be honest, like we Correct. saw some yeah. LEDs come on on the on the main board, but like that was it.
0: Um, yeah, you can continue. Oh, so Ryan came up. Uh, I found. I had found a ground for the power on the monitor that was cut and just not spliced. So I spliced that together. We did some more tests. Ryan is actually more familiar with arcades than I am. So he went through some steps and I was helping. We got the monitor to light. I don't remember how. Oh, maybe it's just the brightness or contrast or something.
1: Well, we we did a few other things, but yeah. Because we, we did try like contact cleaning some of the potentiometers. Oh, that's right with the contact cleaner, we, um, oh God, what else did we do? We checked voltages and actually a whole bunch of the voltages were off
0: on the board. yeah, The power supply was low.
1: Yeah. No, it was too high. Was it? We were overvolted. Yeah. We were overvolting it. So like the game wasn't booting because we were sending too much power to it. So like there were, there were a lot of things that, um are coming back to me now that we're kind of talking about it that we went through we found out the power supply's fan was just dead like it just it didn't even spin just made a small noise
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it made this high-pitched whine not moving and the cool thing about this power supply is it has two power switches and a potentiometer for the 5 and 12 volt so you can turn up and turn down
1: but they're tied together
0: yeah, yes. So like <laughs> you, <laughs> you have to kinda like find a happy medium between like five point two and twelve point three. You kind of just Yeah, because I think if I tried for five volts
1: and got five volts dead nuts on, uh it was at like eleven, 11. Point, point something volts. Something. Yeah. So then like it's running at like I think five point. One five or five point one eight or something like that volts, and it's at like twelve point oh three volts. But after we did that, we um cleaned the board up a little bit, we used some like contact cleaner solution on the potentiometer adjuster that's a remote board for the monitor cranking the brightness all the way up to max we were able to get a picture and then uh we ended up finding that it it played just fine actually
0: yeah so it still played <laughs> because i'm a love losing money i uh ordered the compact flash kit uh from someone off Clav, which he actually saved us money from whatever's went on eBay and he's right out of Wisconsin uh he was on the Clav forums and since we d- did a direct deal instead of going through eBay, he cut me a little, a little price savings. And then I ordered a new power supply. And what else did we get? Oh, I new JAMA connector and pins, so I repin the whole connector. And then he bought an extra digi
1: fan for the old one, <laughs> thinking yep. that we could sell it for twenty bucks, and uh, it hasn't happened yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got the new fan in. Everything works on the power supply. It has a, a little bit of a buzz, I guess. I don't know if they normally buzz, but it has a slight buzz. But everything works on the power supply with the new fan. And yeah, I listed it. I think they sell for new f- at $35 plus shipping. And so this is at $20 with no shipping. And I guess I'd go down, but like the fan was 6 bucks. The shipping was 6 bucks. So now I'm in it for 12 <laughs> thinking I could sell for 15 to 20 <laughs> And then we did the... Monitor chassis cap kit that took forever and that sucked because
1: it's probably know, c- broke some shit along the way. Don't listeners, don't listen to him. He claims it was broken before. I don't know if I believe it. I wasn't there, so he's guilty <laughs> until proven innocent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this board had been worked on before, and uh, some of the eyelets well, just one cap had an eyelet that drew, fell off, so I had to use some jumpers, but. Not all the caps had been replaced, only some of them. And the cap kit did not fix the the brightness problem. So the funny thing was when I was monkeying, well, when you were here too, we were monkeying with the remote board, remote control board. And you would turn the brightness all the way down so the screen would go dark. You turn it up and it would like flicker a little bit and then not go any brighter. So I'm hopeful that that's the fix because then that's, Done slash cheapish. If not, we'll get it working one way or the other. We do know people that have monitors. uh, I would go LCD at this point. Like, get it the hell out of here. (laughs) um, Maybe make it lighter. I don't know. At this point, I don't care. I just want it gone. Taking up space. Yeah, for other shit
1: to take up space that you don't use.
0: Why? Like your skill roll. No, because there's golden keys in the garage. And I've, funny enough, I sent you a picture. We started working on my fireplace around this weekend. Wow. So I had to cut a bunch of stacked stone, and that damn golden tee's in the way. So my table saw got some of that wet tile-cutting splatter on it. That's pretty cool. You came to my house recently and saw my unstacked stone fireplace, so you have an idea.
1: I do, yeah. No, I mean, I
0: what my ghetto basement looks like. It's not ghetto. Jesus Christ. You have
1: (laughs) seven pinball machines down there and a skill roll from like 1910. So, I mean, you obviously have some cool stuff. It's not from 1910, everyone. I think it's like 1970 something, but anyways, uh, he does have a really cool basement. He's just bitching because one small corner of his basement, the fireplace just has fire retardant, uh, cement drywall board. or cement board yeah whatever it is that's just it's bare
0: so he's losing his mind over that everyone don't don't it's listen to naked. him mm-hmm. God, i'm so excited what else i asked for my birthday for crash bandicoot 4 and then pokemon snap comes out next month and i'm decently excited to play that with my daughter and see if she likes it Otherwise, today I swung by my buddy's house and she let me borrow Toad Treasure Tracker for the Switch. I have it on Wii U, but it's only single player. The Switch version added co-op, and so I'm hoping to try co-op with my daughter. However, I freaking hate the Joy-Cons, so I will be trying to find another Pro Controller. I have a plain black one. I would like to find a non-plain black one so that you could tell the difference, like the Splatoon one. Or the Xenoblade, even I don't know, just a different one than stock, so that we can see the difference between them. Uh, other than that, I've been playing a ton of Mario Kart Mobile because my daughter plays it. So I tried to play it when she's not home, so I can get up the green coins and the other crap, so she can go buy stuff in the store for free uh, with those little things. Unlock the characters that she loves so much. That's that's, that's the out of the year shit right yeah. there, right? I wish my wife thought that much when she sees me on my phone all the time. <laughs> so the other
1: thing I was going to mention was that we, by we I mean me and Chelsea, did go ahead and order the anti-rattle tape from Pitball Life after speaking with Mr. Denisi, uh, as well as the green protectors, so that way I can have the super-duper awesome light show that I apparently have been missing this whole time, not even knowing that it was a thing. So
0: that's pretty exciting too. If that riddle tape works out for you, I'll probably have to get some cuz I turned the shaker on my medieval off cuz it was so dang loud. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll see. I mean, we're going to find out quick cuz we'll we'll talk about this in a few minutes, but uh my P3 doesn't have a shaker in it, but you'd almost be like there's no fucking way there's not a shaker in it because it rumbles. <laughs> It it rumbles pretty good, which I guess is a great segue, Parnell. So what did you do uh, Friday?
0: I did some work. I did some stuff. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) I finally took a road trip down to Ryan's and played TNA.
1: (laughs) You're so fucking funny.
0: (laughs) I had to play P3 finally. Ryan had some things lined up this weekend and uh he made fun of me that everybody else will play it before i am yeah
1: shout outs to ray and abby um two podcast listeners they actually came out saturday and tried out the p3 and i think if i were a betting man um they might be getting a p3 here really soon which is super exciting
0: thank you guys again for coming out crazy part is after we interviewed jerry I got this email and I forgot to get back to him for, uh, I don't know, like four days. Because I kept thinking, I should talk to Ryan about this. I should talk to Ryan about this. So Ray emailed in and he said that he listened to the episode with Jerry and he was kind of excited and he wanted to ask us if we knew anywhere to play one. And when Ryan had actually found one to trade for his AFM, we both looked up on the map and there was nothing in like 10 hours, home or route. It was nuts. At least reported. There obviously Correct. is. Yep. Yeah, There's you, probably you,
1: closer. But. You can set your collection to not show up on like the pinball map or for people to be able to view what games you have if you're really concerned about that. I mean, you could always just change the zip code or something. But yeah, so that we know of publicly, I'm the only one within 10 hours of here.
0: So Ryan did the deed. Got his game, and uh, he he's supposedly, publicly, the only one in Minnesota with one. There are some people in Wisconsin, but they are closer to Green Bay and Chicago. And Ray was more closer to Minnesota. So Ray had reached out and asked. Uh, I hit up Ryan. Ryan, with some rules, felt safe for him to visit. And so I connected those two, and they got to uh, visit Ryan and try it out and i guess it was a great experience but ryan made fun of me that i would be playing it after them (laughs) we made we made that happen i took a trip down to ryan's and played the p3 and that's what we're going to talk about today so parnell
1: Mm -hmm. uh, first impressions before we turn the machine on you got to kind of see some some of the inner workings right you didn't get to see all of them because i didn't immediately swap out a, a play field module but What was your initial impression when you first saw it before I took it apart? It's like, let's start there.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, I walked in your basement, and I saw the P3 at the end. It looks like a normal pinball machine. There's standard cabinet, the head. The flipper buttons are probably the biggest thing that sticks out, where there's these quarter circles on the sides of the cab with three flipper buttons, and it sticks out just a little more than maybe normal. Otherwise, it seems like... Totally normal pinball machine. You turned it on, took a little bit to boot up because there's a PC in there, but like my medieval takes forever in a day to boot. I don't remember how fast your AFM was probably about the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, surprisingly, even though there's a computer in it, it boots pretty
0: quick and is ready to play. Um, which is nice. Okay, yeah. I forgot if you said you timed your spike two and your AFM.
1: Yeah, AFM took or no. No, the longest booting game in my basement. I'm pretty sure is Black Knight with the topper, and I think that could be because it has the topper and it's doing some additional checks in the node board startup sequence. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the P3 boots faster than Black Knight by like a good bit. So like, holy smokes!
0: So it boots faster. Yeah, like it does. Yep. Okay, I don't remember. You turning it on So I But I I remember It didn't take I didn't feel like It took as long as medieval
1: Well and you got to see The magnetic side art Like what do you think
0: About that It just seems like A giant Thin (laughs) magnet On your fridge Which Yeah I guess In your home environment Maybe if you really loved A game You would get that art And switch it out But like The only one in my row, I only have like uh, two games that have sides sticking out, so I could see you buying one with the game you love, and then not having to buy the art. But Multimorphic also sells the art, so you can buy it if you wanted to later.
1: Yeah, and you can I think buy pieces too. So I think you can buy like just like the left side or the right side, um, which is pretty rad. So like let's say you only had like one side of the cab uh open i think you can just buy one side um you know but the cool thing is is yeah right now i think heist's artwork is the coolest out of the three but they Uh did revamp the artwork recently uh, for all three games and at this moment but as we got to find out just a few short days ago p3 is getting ready for their next title And God knows what it is or what the artwork looks like because, unfortunately, Jerry would not spill the beans on or off the record. Uh, So at this time, I don't know what it looks like, but that could be the side art to have. And, you know, unlike other pinball machines, uh, you know, like let's say you really like the side art on an LE from uh, Stern or JJP, but you only have the money for like a pro. Well, now you can just spend, you know, couple hundred bucks, you now have whatever side art you want and uh you aren't locked in and when the next game comes out, if it is cooler side art, get that side art, man. You know, there's no uh there's there's nothing stopping you from being able to to change and customize and make your machine yours, which is really rad.
0: The head also has magnetic art. I guess the only critique I have to that is the front of the machine is all black. And I don't know if they have art for, like, the coin door or the front. But it would be cool if they had it.
1: I'm sure Jerry's listening. Uh, Jerry, mark that down. We want some <laughs> art on the front of it, buddy. See if That you can might be that harder, happen. though, because if it's just <laughs> wood,
0: like, you're not going to be able to get a magnet on there. So, right. understandable. Yeah. But it'd be cool if it did, because, like, your lineup, the P3's on the end. So you can see that art on the on the side. Mm-hmm. But if I stuck it in the middle of my row you would only see the back box and then the front is i guess it's like uh, my swords of Fury*. or crystal swords of fury is just a fully black front with the coin door and the start button and the plunger that's what the p3 looks like it's just it's just black
1: yeah it's not bad though
0: it's no just... no no it's not it just it looks like a pinball machine right and i guess the, the cool part about it
1: is if you ever scratch it or ding it or anything you just throw a little bit of black paint on it. Just it's like paint. it never happened.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it uses, I'm assuming it almost felt like a, or looked like a Williams lockdown bar system.
1: Yeah. I think it uses maybe a modified one. It probably isn't Williams exactly, but it uses, you know, a modified Williams lockdown bar. So similar to spooky and, you know, Williams, those same where you have an arm that you can swing over. It doesn't use the two, uh, Clamp style that are on all the Spike and Spike Two games now, which is nice because when you go in there to swap something out, it's only one step you got to do instead of two.
0: Yeah i I don't mind the Spike. Uh, let's see. I think Tron has it too, so it was just just before Spike. But I don't mind it, but it does get annoying. Sort it's, of.
1: It it takes longer and is more inconvenient than one where you just grab the bar slide it to the left, and you pull the lock bar out. Yeah, It's more reminiscent of working on an arcade cabinet, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying those are awful to work on either. It's just, if I could pick, I do like the arm where you just slide it, and it comes out.
0: I don't have to dick with it. Sometimes it can be finicky, like my medieval. Sometimes it's finicky to push that back, but... Usually you just have to twist the lockdown bar a little bit. Um, some of my mm. Gottliebs had some problems, but those are, you know, they're not as superior. Yeah. <laughs> they're not as superior as <laughs> the Williams.
1: Right. Right. Well, they couldn't figure out grounding to save their lives. So how could we <laughs> expect them to come up with a working lockdown bar?
0: Well, you're <laughs> supposed to just, you know, daisy chain it right one to the next, not have like a shared ground.
1: Well, I think the joke was, was that they'd like hired somebody who worked on like the space station or like the shuttle or something like that. So, you know, in space, there's no grounds. So that's why the Gottlieb's weren't grounded well.
0: Well, because there's only space. Right. Game's yep. turned on. Yep. It boots up. Mm-hmm. There's a LCD in the back box. There's an LCD in the play field. And it's kind of odd because it goes below your flippers. Like, I don't know. I guess you could, you don't expect that much info and artwork down there. It's super unique. Ryan started a game. Oh, yeah, we played the heist. So Ryan had the heist play field in. We started the heist. I just, while I was waiting for him, I was just flipping the flippers. And I kind of want to ask this to Jerry was, is there a difference between your original shipment of P3s versus the one you have? Because to me, those flippers felt like flippers. They did not feel any different. They didn't sound different. Everything seemed like a flipper. But a friend of mine says he played one and there was something off. But I couldn't figure that out.
1: Yeah, but there's also people that will literally die on the hill saying that the remakes don't feel the same as the originals as far as like the way the flippers work. And if it is, it's so negligible. It's like, you know... That wouldn't be the hill I would die on, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. I'm not a pinball professional, and I I probably couldn't tell a much of a difference between the original and a remake of a CGC versus the original Williams games, but it didn't feel all that different to me. So that was one of my first comments. I also want to quickly kind of echo so... Friday
1: night after Parnell had left, I was playing some heist and then I actually started up a game of Metallica. And I actually can tell you, having played the P3 for a while, I'm not going to say there's a delay when playing like Metallica on a SAM system, but the flippers felt I know people are going to call bullshit on this, but they almost felt not sluggish, but like they weren't as poppy. Like, they they did what I asked them to do, but they weren't as quick to execute it. Like, I pressed the button, they did what they were supposed to, but it felt like there was a longer amount of time. Uh, I mean, it was really small, but when I had been playing P3 for, like, exclusively for the past few days, because uh, when I had my visitors coming over Saturday, I really wanted to be, like, conditioned enough with the P3 that if they weren't, um, able to, because this is a brand new machine that they've never played before. If they wanted to see like a feature or something to that effect, I wanted to be able to quickly like walk over and like, if they couldn't start a game and at least show them like, yeah, you know, when you do this, this happens kind of deal. And, uh, yeah, going back to Metallica, it, it, it didn't feel as sharp, I guess is the way to do it. And I just rebuilt those slippers. So I'm not sure, uh, You know what I'm necessarily like talking about. It's it's hard to put into words, um, but they just didn't feel. They felt strong. They just didn't uh, react as quickly as I guess the P3 can, which was interesting.
0: I don't know if I thought about that long enough because I didn't. I played your turtles and your TNA. That was kind of all I played when I was there, if I remember. At any rate, Ryan uh, is pretty good about knowing games and so like turtles he said just play a game uh so i played a game and then he obviously asked me what my thoughts were and i didn't really pay attention to anything that first game i literally just flipped the ball a bunch i didn't even think that there was a screen in the play field uh so i I looked at it i was like i I don't know i gotta play it again because i didn't look at i didn't pay attention or look at anything (laughs) I just flipped a bunch.
1: Just a kid in a candy store.
0: Yeah. And uh, I don't really know if I remembered the playfield was an LCD screen until like four or five games in. I mean, I am so used to a playfield being static with just blinky lights that I didn't even like see that it's pointing shots out. There's information by the flippers saying, you know, here's your people that you have to collect for the heist and... This is how many donuts you have to get police multi ball. Like, none of that. I didn't pay attention to anything. I was. It's like there's all this technology there, and I'm just missing
1: all of it. He's completely oblivious. Like, the the same information on the translite like back box area, is down right above the drain. So, like, if you're in a multi-ball situation and you're trying to get control and you're just kind of focusing on the flippers more than you are. Like further up the playfield, you can literally see all the information right down there at the bottom, like as you're looking at the flippers. Motherfucker didn't even recognize it until I pointed it out, like a few games in. I was like, Oh, by the way, your score's down there. And he's like, Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) It's all there. I'm like,
0: Yeah, it's all there, buddy. Yeah, it was weird. It's weird. It is just, it's so innovative that you, if you're an old pinball player, I and you're so used to your normal games, I think you just miss everything. And I played two or three games straight and then I started adding two player games. Um and I would watch Ryan, but then I also uh, he was explaining shots to me and how things work. <laughs> the cool thing about uh the heist is every when you start a game, every shot is a person for your team like it's kind of like Ocean's Eleven, right? There's like a driver and a lock picking person. What else? There's a hacker. All right. So
1: there's, there's, there's we'll go from right to left. Okay. There's the wheelman. Mm-hmm. There's a cat burglar. There's the mastermind, which you can shoot that shot, but you actually can't start the mastermind until I think you've either gotten a MacGuffin completed uh, or what i'm trying to say is you have to complete one of the other characters little modes that you start or maybe you fail it uh and then they have to get out of jail but after you get at least one character you can shoot the mastermind and you'll start small heists uh they're they're a lot smaller scale smaller points uh but then after the mastermind there's the center shot which is very reminiscent of i guess i'll just say it uh medieval madness the the castle gate is more or less what i personally think of when i shoot it uh, that can open and close then to the right of that there's the safe cracker there's the hacker and then the demolition man
0: demo man yep yep so any shot you take you're hitting a a person for your team or your crew i should say your crew And you hit them a couple. You hit that shot a couple times, and it builds up this little bar. And then you collect them, aka you start their mode. And if you complete it, they join your team. And if you fail it, they go to or I don't know if they go to jail or you have to get a cop car or something. No, they go to
1: jail. Yeah. So if 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 the mode times out, if you just don't complete it in time, they immediately go to jail.
0: Then you have to break them out, which is also fun. Ryan started to explain this stuff to me, and I started just slowly learning it. And I started to become (laughs) very addicted. I actually couldn't stop hitting start. Uh, I kept wanting to play. And I had, we played the heist for easily an hour. Or I did, at least. Yeah, I think it was over an hour and a half. Yeah. I had a couple fun games. And by fun, uh, I shouldn't say that. I had a couple long games where I collected one or two people. I got a multi-ball mode I obviously hadn't seen before. And um, the crane came down. And. I think you did the breakout with the police. Those scoop drops that pop up uh, just above the LCD glass that are colored, can be colored. Yes. There's a, at random points, I'm assuming you start it, but like at random points while you're playing, a, what do they call those? The money trucks? Armored trucks. Armored truck goes by. So like a, the slot moves and it scrolls them over. And then it can also do it with a police car. The armored truck, if you get it, you get money, right? Yeah, it'll
1: throw a, a shit ton of money onto the play field. I mean like a metric shit ton <laughs> that your ball has to roll over to pick up.
0: Yeah, so uh, uh, then there could be a cop car, and the cop car will gobble your ball, and then that player, that you—that person in your crew gets sent to jail. Immediately. And yeah. when you progress
1: further into the game, like the more MacGuffins you get, the more frequently what are those... MacGuffins? So the MacGuffins are essentially. Uh, hold on, give me a second here. Like Podcast, what, we're live. Hold on.
0: What do you call them MacGuffin?
1: Okay, so uh, for those that don't know what a MacGuffin is, uh, MacGuffin's definition is an object or device in a movie or a book that serves merely as a trigger for the plot. So a lot of uh, like B movies or even C movies will have a MacGuffin. Like they have to do something before the plot can continue. And so I kind of like that Jerry, when they designed Heist, instead of just like collecting uh, that character, you collect the MacGuffin for that character. So like, for instance, the wheel man, if you complete his mode, his MacGuffin is you get the uh, police radio out of Mr. Big's car. So then you guys, when you use him, will be able to hear where the police are and if if and when they're coming. Uh, so MacGuffins are what they're called Those are the awards you're given when you complete that character's mode. But the more MacGuffins you get and the more characters you uh, either complete or don't complete and send to jail, the more modes you start, the more frequently those cop cars come. So, uh, Parnell, you weren't there, but I started to get really deep into the game uh, and was having a really good game. And the cops are coming like constantly, like not annoyingly, but I would shoot like just a few shots and the cops would come again. So, like, uh, it it definitely got really really fun because it seems like the further you progress into the game, um, the the more the cops come. And I'm sure you can adjust that in settings to make it easier if you don't want to have that uh, additional difficulty kind of exponentially increasing as you're playing. But I really enjoy that because you'll just kind of hear one of the characters randomly be like, oh, man, the cops are coming. And then all of a sudden uh, the two... Uh, Two bank of like targets on the side above the LCD screen will like flash red and blue really fast, and then you'll see the cop uh, car driving by and the scoop that it's uh, in front of opening and closing to try to gobble a ball.
0: I will say though, if you don't have somebody who is familiar with the P3 with you to play the P3, I don't think you are going to fully accept and or experience and appreciate the p3 so i can see a lot of people maybe if it was at a show and they just walk up play it and then leave without talking or without having a multimorphic employee or someone with them that can help explain it or point out things i can definitely see people just not liking it because they missed out on most of the technology that is then presented to them while they're playing like you hear people saying, Oh, it's just a virtual pinball. I have no idea what you're talking about because the play field is just an interactive play field. It's not like, it's not, nothing's virtualized in the actual pinball playing except the edit experience of the ball rolling over objects in the LCD screen that could then be collected or done, you know, some sort of interaction like with LexiLight Speed or the money in Heist.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that if someone like never knew anything about the game, just like walked up, the sound was low or the sound was maybe up, but because they're at a convention, you couldn't really hear stuff. I could totally see people like walking up to the P3, um, maybe not able to hit the shots because the shots aren't necessarily where you'd expect the sweet spots to be on the flippers and uh, hitting the ATM stand-ups a bunch, which causes money to fall. And if they don't collect enough money, they don't. You, the game isn't going to tell them, hey, you need to shoot the right ramp to start Crane Multiball. So they're just like, well, you know. So I could definitely understand that a little bit. I do think if you don't give the P3 a chance and play more than a couple of games, I could easily see how you could miss... Uh, just to echo what you were saying, Parno, I could easily see how individuals could miss a lot of what the P3 has to offer because God damn, is it pretty awesome to shoot some of those shots on like heist where you shoot the shot, it gobbles the ball and then it pops a ball out somewhere else, like almost immediately. Most of the time, like th- that game always has balls staged, ready to go to shoot them out all over on the play field when it needs to. And there's, no delay when it needs to kick something out. And that's uh something that's really cool is um the game's on top of it. It does not uh <laughs> it does not need any time to spit another ball out or move a ball virtually from one shot to another and then physically shoot the ball back out somewhere else, which is
0: really rad. Yeah, you'll always hear like a ball get loaded somewhere, like, and you're like, hmm. Well, the ball didn't come out on the play field. It's like, oh, it's it's uh, loading it in some other uh, vuck or something so that it can have a ball ready for whatever that game is going to require next. Um, The heist is amazing. After playing, I don't know how many games we played before. Too many to count. Yeah. I literally said this is a platform seller and... I'm sold. Uh, I cannot wait for ACDC to leave so I can pick up the P3 and I'll get one used or new. It, that was a blast on its own. I love that you would collect a person in your crew. You would do a fun, I don't know what you'd call like a mode. I was going to say mini game, but a mode for that person. Yeah. And then there's all these other things going on. Well, yeah, like you've got the side jobs
1: and tell me those side jobs weren't like super cool and they were different enough to where each of them was like Super fun when you get to do it.
0: Yeah, I don't even remember stuff. I just remember that I had I was so giddy after I left your house that night and I was like, oh my god, I just want I just want to play this game more. It listeners, he called so, me <laughs> three minutes after leaving
1: my driveway to talk to me the whole drive home about how much he loved the P3 <laughs> and how he's
0: excited to buy one. Yeah, I have uh I literally told my wife too, I was like, I haven't been this excited about a game for a long time. Like there's certain games where you play them and you like them a lot. And there's certain games where you're like, oh, yeah, that's fun. But it also depends on how many games you put in, right? Like, uh, Swords of Fury, I thought I really, really liked it. Well, after ha- having it in my basement, I could care less about it anymore. It's like, it's okay. Because I had the, you know, five games on it. Now it's, like, boring. But this game I couldn't get enough of. There was so much content that if you were pro player and it had it in your house. I mean, I think Kevin... At Buffalo Pinball he, I don't think he's beat the heist, has he? Uh,
1: if he has I think he's only done it like once But mm-hmm. the exciting thing is, is Jerry has confirmed that he's coming out With more code for heist So if you thought the game was packed And deep enough uh, He says he's at, um, Going to be introducing the most Interactive and in-depth Wizard mode pinball's ever seen uh, <laughs> And it's essentially going to add A whole second game into heist as far as rules and depth. So if you thought the game was deep now, Parnell, it's about to get twice as deep, apparently, uh, post this next update that they're going to come out with.
0: Jeez. I mean, I'll never see it. but uh, Well, you
1: can because you can load up a profile. Oh, my God.
0: Okay, so I forgot about and this. And so save. I, I saw Kevin at Buffalo do it. While you're playing a game, if you have a new ball and you haven't started it yet, you can then, quote-unquote, pause the game and make a save point. So that at any point in the future, you can walk up to your game and load that save point and you start, no matter if it's ball three or ball two, when you saved it, when you come back to start that from that save point, you start at ball one. And so in theory, Jerry even brought this up in our interview, you can make save points and you can continue the game and then make another save point so you could actually work your way through a game, the story. You can, yeah. I like that because I suck at pinball, so I'll actually be able to get through a game. I mean, it might take me a while still because I don't have you know six hours to play a game, but I think that's awesome. Well, and I think you also got to see
1: uh, when I opened up the coin door. Remember when you were mid game and I opened up the <laughs> coin door? The funny part is I now saw Kevin do that on the stream of Ranger in the Ruins too. It's <laughs> to so tell every tell all of our listeners what happens when you have a ball trapped on a flipper. And you open up the coin door.
0: Yeah, so you trap a ball, and you hold the flipper up. And when Ryan opened the coin door and said, uh, let go of your flipper. Uh, I was a little worried, because I have a ball trapped on my flipper. And usually, if you let go, it, it drains. Uh, the flipper held up all by itself. This is going to be great for... Anytime a ball gets stuck or you have to – Kevin said he likes to step away to get a refresher's beverage or go to the bathroom. You just open the coin door. You can walk away, come back, resume your game. It's almost like the pause button.
1: Yep. Yep. No, that that was really cool. And when you close the coin door, it doesn't immediately uh, turn the flipper off either,
0: does it? Like it waits until you press the flipper button again. It's like they knew what they were doing when they programmed this in because, yeah – You are staring at it, you close the coin door, it stays up, and you just tap the flipper, and then it's ready to go. So then, once you tap the flipper, you have to hold it, and then when you let go, the flipper's dropping. So it's, like, staged, ready for you. So the heist sold me on the game. The crane was so quiet and smooth, versus, like, the Ghostbusters, Slimer Mac, or was it not Last Action Hero, was it?
1: Last Action Hero definitely has the loudest crane in pinball. 100%. That, right?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was pretty loud. Well, and then you've played uh, The Dark Knight, which has a crane in it. Uh, yeah, I I played it at
0: a bar. I don't know. Right, but
1: I mean, you know, was the crane as interactive as uh, the heist's crane?
0: Well, no, because this crane just goes technically back and forth, but it's on a circle, right? So it Yeah,
1: it's fixed. So it just rotates.
0: This crane is nuts. It's so fun because it locks a ball on the ramp. The crane moves over, picks up the ball with the magnet, brings it over, drops it down to the play field, and then starts swooping it around. And it stops at certain points. You can hit it. But there's an LED in it as well. So it'll come down, and you can uh, know when to hit because it'll be green it also can can do that without a ball and there's a like a bash like a bash switch almost like a better one than Slimer cuz it actually registers uh, so when you're doing like the cat is it the cat burglar uh no so that's when you do the side job
1: remember is the crane comes down and it's like shoot the crane for side job oh dude i have no idea to,
0: i don't remember i just yeah, remember like, so the, the crane, crane came will came down.
1: come down yep it'll Would, come down and it'll ask you to bash it
0: and it came down with a ball and without, but that was, those are different modes. But so you can bash the ball off to start like a multi-ball or you can, you just hit the crane for the bash switch. And, uh, that was super fun. Cause when, uh, I thought it was cap burglar on a side job, there was all the, like you're breaking into a bank, right? And she's hanging mission impossible style from the ceiling and the crane is imitating her and you're trying to hit things hit shots and she's moving around like the crane's moving around my gosh so cool
1: yeah and the crane multi-ball is the one where it grabs the ball and it picks it up using the magnet and brings it down to the play field and that's really reminiscent of bram stoker's dracula like Miss multi-ball which is super cool and for our listeners that don't know what that is uh bram stoker's dracula the missed multi-ball it locks a ball underneath some plastic so you can't see it and there's a high powered magnet underneath the play field that's on like a a track and it will drag the ball out using the magnet to kind of hold it in place as it uh, crawls underneath the play field the magnet does and then inadvertently it rolls the ball over the play field from one side to the other and you have to hit that ball before it gets to the other side and is like taken away and you you lose your chance at it same thing with the crane multi-ball you only have i think like 15 seconds to knock the ball off of the crane or you lose the crane multi-ball and uh yeah no no multi-ball for you
0: oh man yeah that was cool the jail gate is yeah very medieval madness it's not like if you keep hitting it it'll Oh, maybe it does open. I don't know the rules. so It
1: only opens. So the only time it registers hits as far as like for progressing that I know of is after you have a character that's in jail. Uh, it says, hey, hit the jail mm. bars three times and then that'll open up and then that'll start uh, like the jail breakout multi-ball." And that's a really quick one.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, it'll be down and it doesn't do anything or it'll be up. And you have to hit that shot to do whatever. I don't
1: know. Like a side job, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, But (laughs) if, I mean, here's the fun part, right? If you want to make Medieval Madness 2, there you go. That playfield's ready to go. You just got to program it.
1: Yeah, you absolutely could make a Medieval Madness kind of style game where you had that gate there and it interacted with the player that way.
0: Uh, Let's see. Then I'm very technical. So when uh, he lifted the playfield, I was checking all the mechs out. It is uh, very smartly done. And loaded. So much shit in it. So much stuff. The ball trough is, is actually interesting. Like uh it's this big V shape, and you can dump however many balls you want in there. As
1: many you, as you can, as you want to, is what I believe Jerry <laughs> said. Yeah. So theoretically you could
0: have fifty like hyperball. Oh god, gross. Uh there's two little tiny clicks like lock mechs that you flick up and you can unplug your play field, pull it up. Here's a huge trough. And then the, on the back wall of the playfield are like 20 coils. It just, the whole back wall is lined up with coils because the ball trough will pop those balls up, send it down to whatever coil. And then you can fire or the game, or if you make your own game can fire to preload other shots on that, that specific play field?
1: Yeah, I think it has eight vertical upkick coils in a row. And then it also has the vertical upkick to knock it from the tube, the drain tube, where it goes from the front of the LCD play field down actually to this trough that's located in the back third of the machine. It'll sense balls there. And when it needs to knock one or two or however many up into the trough itself to have those pre-loaded ready to go and kick up out of a virtual or out of the vuck. uh you'll hear it like loading balls from the like uh drain area because there's a drain area up front of the like main trough and that's where the balls can just freely fall into it and then uh siphon back down to that first vert uh VUK where it will kick it up then into the like the main trough to then be ready to go.
0: Yeah. Staged.
1: That's the word. Yep.
0: Oh, it was, uh, (laughs) so your ball drains between your flippers and then it just gets sent to this pipe. And then the ball just rolls via what's that thing called that keeps us on the planet gravity. (laughs) Yep. Gravity. (laughs) That's it. Based on gravity, it just rolls down to the, the big V trough to get shot up and reloaded. It was great. I actually thought that pipe was a rail, but it was a drain tube <laughs> and then on the on the back and the under the the play fields that you take out the back third holy smokes are those just packed with shit
1: yeah there's a I mean that's that's like not all the pinball right because there's obviously a shitload more stuff but uh yeah they're they're packed um, and they're they're pretty easy to work on from what I can tell. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there, but they seem to be pretty easy to work on, which is pretty cool. But, I mean, you got to see when we swapped a play field, Parnell. I mean, how long do you think that took me?
0: Like, It it legitimately is just a a few minutes. Yeah, we went slow, obviously, because I was asking questions and looking and you were showing me stuff. But I think to Ryan's point, if you were just going to go, it's two, three minutes. I mean, you could say five if you really want to. It'll take you almost quote-unquote guaranteed under five minutes
1: yeah well and you got to feel how heavy the play field is uh because i actually had you lift it from the first service position where you can swap mod- modules out it's fucking
0: heavy it's not it, it's not like unliftable heavy it's just heavy
1: it is yeah there's a lot of stuff there you and then it reminded
0: me of what fucking system three Gottlieb.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's heavy uh and you didn't get to see you got to see some of the coils for obviously the scoops And the walls, too. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's a whole other side of that where, um, you know, in front of the trough that has all those coils, there's another 16 coils that are independently controlled for all the scoops and the walls that are RGB lit and uh, single LED addressable lit. So, like, they can be any color
0: in the rainbow. I think I fell in love with it because... I love the idea of tinkering. And if I can make, even if it's stupid games, but if I can make a game for this thing, it gives me a chub, right? I'm excited. But I also, uh, I don't know if you have this problem yet, but I have a hard number of games I can have in my basement. And it gets difficult keeping games I love here. And uh, if I'm able to have one game, with a bunch of games i like on it and keep rotating through play and
1: and picking up new games when they come
0: out yeah. for
1: actually reasonable amounts of money
0: if a new play field comes out at once a year and it's on average 2500 i can save that up every year that's not a big deal i don't know I was just looking at i have their website pulled up i have the games list yeah and you have games from free to 400 bucks those are dlc like
1: uh not modules Right. Yeah, those we are games that use that. A,
0: a module that you should already have own. Right. You could easily save up for a month and go buy one of those. Step and Starbucks.
1: Yep. Yep. Well, so Parnell, I guess let's go ahead. Uh, so after Heist, what game did we put in? I wanted to
0: say I said Cosmic Cart.
1: But yeah, we put the Cosmic Cart module in.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I think I wanted to see the lit ramps. Right. Which are beautiful. <laughs> i also want to make note though while i was checking out your foxy game the side rails on the play field are like channel aluminum you really have to see it in person to understand but the lower two thirds are stationary right there's two ramps that return to your in lanes on each side and those are attached to those channels the aluminum channels and so is that upper flipper mac that is added via heist that upper third flipper is uh, attached by that channel, but it also disables when you switch games that don't use it. But it stays there, and it just acts as the like a normal rail guide. What I asked was, do you have to adjust or whatever on those those lower two thirds ramps? And, and the answer was no. But then when you're looking at it, you finally can start seeing and understanding that these channels allow any. To be adjusted or changed or done later So if there's a new ramp If there's a cross ramp in the middle Or they get rid of the ramps For
1: something like Or scoop An upside down vertical scoop That that Jerry talked
0: about, remember? Yeah, that's what those are there for You can add or take off things Your brain gets spinning When you start seeing that stuff But we threw Cosmic Card in And we booted it up and uh, We went into Ranger in the Ruins first I couldn't stop hitting the fucking start button. It just made me not want to play anything else. It is a fan-made game by a guy named Nick Baldridge. It's super simple. You have we had it set to one or you had it set to one ball and it's a roguelike game and you hit the start button and you just make shots and pick up items from dead bodies run across that are other players in the game that have died fallen
1: at yep. that spot.
0: That's it. That's yep. that's the gist of it. You
1: just try to get a high score or the most items. And and to clarify for those listening that haven't played it. So, roguelike means that every time you play it, it changes. Uh that's a that's a very common use in like video games. And what that means or how that translates to Ranger in the Ruins is you don't necessarily know how many shots you need to make, how long you have to travel before you find another dead body. And you also don't know what item you're going to get. So I could, we could have sat downstairs and played a hundred games. And I guarantee you most of those games, the first two items, they would not have been the same. Like they probably wouldn't have matched ever in between those hundred games. Uh, So it's really fun because each item, I don't even know all the items. I think there's over 30 or 40 in the game and each item, it might be more now. uh, Each item has its own thing that it does, uh, which is really rad.
0: I I don't even know what things did. I was, I, oh my God. For some reason, I couldn't stop playing it. The funny part is, like typical Ryan, he goes, play it. And so I played it, you know, I drained. And I kind of had some questions, and he starts trying to explain. And he's like, he sees my hand (laughs) going to the start button. He's like, no, no, listen to me, listen to me. And I was like, can't, can't waste your time listening, or can't waste my time. And so I just played another game while he was trying to.
1: (laughs) Talk yeah, this
0: motherfucker is, like, asking
1: me these questions. Ask me the same question three times. He's like, why would they do that? Why is it like this? And I try explaining it to him. And he's like, well, but why? And, you know, I, I repeat the, the answer again. And he's like, yeah, but why? And it's because he's playing. He's not really fucking paying attention to me. He's just parroting out something like the last brainwave he had that was related to like the conversation Hmm. and he drains and i'm like all right don't start another game like this here's the answer to your question he like looks at me and he looks at the game and i'm like don't don't do it i'm trying to answer your question and he just starts another game and i was like all right fuck you (laughs) i was like i'm I'm done answering
0: (laughs) oh my god yeah that was a that's a sleeper hit that game then sold me again on the platform. That game, which doesn't even come with a module, right? Like, you have to have a, the Cosmic Cart module. That game sold me.
1: Well, now, Parnell, so here's here's a question I want to ask you before we get too far into mm-hmm. the next game. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to be the, the snobby average person who's played the game once at a show, and I'm going to make a statement, and I want you to see if you'll agree or disagree. Well, because you're only changing the back third of the play field, the shots are all the same, right? Are the shots the same, Parnell? Could you hit the shots that you were hitting in Heist when we put
0: in Cosmic Kart Racing? I actually brought this up. This is a good, uh, good question. The Heist, for some reason, shot really well for me. It felt like I could aim and hit what I wanted to, pretty much. And so the game flowed crazy to me. Now, Ryan had mentioned to me that Cosmic Kart flowed really crazy. I can see it on the playfield, right? Because the left ramp is a big wide opening, but I couldn't hit it to save my life. The back playfields play completely different because then Lexi, what we can talk about later, played absolutely different. And I was hitting things, playing my second game, and it was way different. So anybody who says that obviously hasn't played the P3. More than one playfield
1: yeah or that many games yeah because the the play field modules really do like i can't stress this enough and i'm sure if ray and abby were on right now they would agree with me the shots change they are not the same the game does not play the same it can go from a flowy beast to a lot more stop and go like you get everything you would expect a pinball machine play field change from one game to another in the P3, which is just
0: awesome. I, had a, I did have a hard time finding the shots on Cosmic Cart, but we only played, I played a ton of Ranger in the Ruins. Yeah, but you just kept making the same shot. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I kept making the safe, the, the ones I knew, I kept hitting those and then trying to trap up to hit the scoop to collect the item. I was not good at it, but for some reason, it keeps you wanting more. Man, that game was fun. Well, and now
1: I guess, what did you think of Cosmic Kart Racing when we did the actual like race, where you got to have people like interact with your game, where it put like the blockers
0: up? Like, how cool was that? So, preface this: I literally played arcade once and story mode once. Correct. So I don't know much about the game whatsoever however the arcade game literally is you and you're driving like you're racing i wasn't looking at the game correctly like, like i wasn't checking the play field out to see where other players are and what weapons i had or what shots were what i actually even missed that there was a like not a newton ball right but it was like a, a captive ball uh, there there's a captive ball and i didn't know that that was there when the ring on the ramp above it that multicolor lights to tell you to hit the captive ball to collect a... A power-up. Yeah, collect a power-up. I kept thinking that meant hit the ramp. So I just shoot for the ramp, and Ryan is, like, telling me to hit this captive ball, and I'm like, fuck, dude, there is no captive ball.
1: (laughs) Spoiler alert, there is a captive ball.
0: Yeah, there is. (laughs) So I missed that, but that was the one where the things popped up, right? Right, so that's one of the power-ups is roadblocks. So I still after playing that one game, have no idea what I'm doing, have no idea how to shoot things, have no idea how to collect things. But when he was explaining it afterward, because we were switching to the story mode, I, I got the idea and it was really cool because you can play that online against other real people that have P3s.
1: And it's a shit ton of fun.
0: Yeah. So I was like, well, one of the questions I guess people would ask is, is doesn't it get boring playing people? And it's like, Ryan's first response was no. You could play to win race as fast as you can keep your rpms up or you can be a dick and just get items and then shoot them at people (laughs) right like you can
1: purposely just like be that asshole that's not going to win but just waiting for the power-ups to light and then using selecting who you want to use the power-up on and using it on them to like make somebody else get ahead or something like that and the game doesn't have rubber banding uh, so like if you fall in the back Like the game isn't going to like cut you any Breaks it's like at least That I've noticed uh, you have to Make your shots to try to catch up to the other Players mm. so
0: And again this is Me like not Used to this platform you need You just need to look at the screen you're already looking At it you just need to like Look and actually understand it It's telling you everything Right there <laughs> Literally it's telling you everything right there, cause like on the heist, like every shot has an arrow that tells you what it's gonna do next. You just have to look at it. But people don't, right?
1: So Parnell, did you get to see the magnet manipulation in Casa Cart Racing? What did you think about oh, that? Oh, you're the such a
0: troll deal. question answer. Okay, so then we go to story mode. Is that where it does it or is it normal mode? Uh so it'll actually do
1: it in arcade or story. Arcade mode has the uh particle accelerator map where it only wants to shoot the right ramp to gain speed and that one it uses the magnet manipulations but what did you think of the magnet manipulation
0: okay so the back ramp has three rings and there might be more magnets in the play field yeah there's one more there's four total yep each ring which they go around the entire ramp like the ball goes through them on the ramp but you hit the start button and the ball would plop out onto the ramp, and it would roll back a little bit, hit the first ring, counts down, and then fires the ball, fires it down the ramp to your flipper. Up the up the ramp to the flipper. Wow. Well, well, <laughs> well, I mean, it goes up and then down to you. Yes, yep. Then if you start, like, some sort of particle multiball, so it'll stage the ball at these magnets, and then when you hit that ramp, that ball hits it, Shoots the ball to the next magnet, and so you can get two balls just floating there, like just waiting for your third one to start multi-ball. ball. It is so cool looking and then my whole thing is I thought the fucking ring was a magnet. Nope, Ryan said it's behind the back box, like or what do they call it the, back the backboard yeah, the backboard and the, and when you look when you pull the play field out and look, yeah, there's fans back there to cool these magnet coils off,
1: because they'll hold the balls there for god knows how long sometimes with the magnet on
0: and not overheat which is pretty rad but the the ball will just pop between the magnets it just flings between each other it's and it even can fling from that far one all the way to your flipper that was wild i mean i thought the ghostbuster slings were really cool this is also a very innovative and ranger in the Runes. that's how that ejects right it goes through the Yeah, it'll kick it all the way up to the top, catch it
1: at that first ring, and then sling it around because it uses those magnets not only to catch the ball, kind of pseudo Lord of the Rings style, uh, but it will also use those magnets like the getaway, uh, you know, uh, high speed the getaway. So it'll actually use those magnets and supercharge the ball and whip it up the ramp uh, down to the flippers, which is rad. And you got to see that too, where you like, shot a super shitty shot up that right ramp and it like barely got up to the first magnet, but because there's optical sensors there, it sensed the ball had made it far enough up the ramp and the magnet caught it and then threw it the West, the rest of the way up the ramp. You're like, Whoa, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I had a hard time shooting that play field, but I could definitely see once you find the shots, like how fun that play field could be because once you hit things it was flowing well no the light shows holy shit yeah we haven't even talked about that there are high quantity led strips on each side of the ramp and there's two ramps and they're all addressable so it was just ripping around light you know doing light chases well and it's not just on the ramps it's on any shot there's a
1: uh, high amounts of addressable leds that are rgb so any shot it can do chasing it can do rgb it can do flashing you can do all sorts of stuff and then there's rings all over the ramps too and they're also led lit with single addressable leds that are rgb controlled as well so like the game can just look
0: crazy crazy at no time did you i ever think that it was too dimly lit so that's also a plus if you have a dark basement. Uh, Ryan's basement is not very bright, and I don't play in the dark at my house. So you would have no trouble playing in the dark. I also have crappy eyes, so looked fine to me. Yeah. Yeah, Cosmic Cart, I couldn't find the shots, but I literally played two games, and that was it. I played one arcade, one story, and then Ranger of the Ruins a
1: bunch. But yeah, and the reason being uh, was we only had a certain amount of time, and you ended up staying longer than you could or should have, uh, because you ended up really quickly picking up Lexi, um, and you kept wanting to play Lexi before. I was like, dude, you need to get home. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) Get out of here. But time was running out, because we played Heist a shit ton, and uh, we only had so much time, so... I know next time you come down, we'll play more cosmic cart. And I'm sure you'll have, uh, even more fun with it than you already did. But yeah. So then we swapped it out to Lexi, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, Lexi is a totally different play field. It has this, it looks like an alien saucer that's kind of sideways with a bunch of holes around the ring for what, what do you say is an eight ball lock.
1: Yep. Physical eight ball lock. It's a UFO like looking spaceship on its side. So it's kind of vertical, almost and it can lock uh, up to eight balls in that but it can also allow the ball to go through it and fall down into that megatroth down in the back and shoot another ball out like immediately uh and send it back out to you like if it, if the lock wasn't lit
0: if people aren't fully understanding that yet it's all the the flowing orbit shots that you get in a lot of games like you have the inner orbit and like an outer orbit those can all be emulated by this with any shot. So if you hit a shot and it leads the ball to the drain trough uh, or that, whatever the big thing, it'll, it could have another ball fired going to your flipper. It acts as an orbit coming back to you and it can, it doesn't have to go to your flipper. It could like fire it out of a different shot. It's just, it's wild. How many places the ball could either be accepted or drained and then fired out. But the cool thing on Lexi is on the, the farthest right shot is a scoop. And then the next shot over is a quick return. Like the ball goes up the ramp and then curves right back at you like Sopranos. It's a 180 ramp. I yeah, think 180. You call it. But that right scoop is not sucky to hit like on Metallica. And maybe some people like that. But like it didn't feel hard to hit. Where I hate that shot on Metallica or Ghostbusters. I can never hit it unless it is by accident. Yeah, it's a
1: pretty hard shot on Metallica. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the, the mode start was cool. And what do you remember what modes
0: you got to play? Uh, warehouse, which I did not understand. This is what I mean when I say, like, if you don't look and understand what you're looking at, you aren't getting it. I played Warehouse. And looking at the game, I didn't even see that I was rolling over crates and breaking them with the ball. And that's what I had to do. And I've seen gameplay footage. I watched gameplay of this before I went down. So that's like how stupid you could be (laughs) and why people might not get it. Ryan kept telling me to hit the crates. I'm like thinking that the crates were the the colored scoops at the top of the LCD screen that were popped up. And so I kept hitting them like, yeah, man, I'm hitting them. (laughs) I don't remember if you told me like, no, the crap you roll over with the ball or what. But I finally, it finally clicked. And then I had to go two rooms back, break a single box that I had, and, and then progress back. Lexi is a perfect example of a game that uses the modes to show you specific innovative examples on the platform, in my mind. Yeah. Because,
1: like, Warehouse is super cool because you aren't expecting all those scoops and walls to pop up, and then, like, you progress through the warehouse the way that you do. -hmm. Unless you've played it before, but you know, your first time walking up to it, you're like, all right, I started warehouse mode. Like, I don't know what that means, but cool. Then, you know, all the scoops shoot up and then all the walls scoot up. And they're like, all right, you got to break the crates to find the cogs for the spaceship. And you have to shoot and roll over the shots uh, or roll over all the crates. And uh, if there's any gears, you got to shoot that shot again. And then you shoot a green scoop to progress and a blue scoop to go back. And you have to collect, I think, five or six gears, and then you have to shoot
0: a shot to exit it. But super cool. The crazy part is if you just looked and read the plate field, it would tell you what to do. It does.
1: I can confirm. It does tell you. It's like, roll over crates, break them open, and shoot to collect gears.
0: Ugh. So stupid. <laughs> and then we played the target practice, and I shot the alien ships, and what is there another one? Oh, I collected the swamp, the farts, and the um, the yeti guy was walking around like uh, what is he again? The uh, Bigfoot? Uh, I think his name's Lookie. That's mm. his like
1: official name. But
0: yeah, Looky's walking around in the swamp
1: trying to collect swamp gas because uh, it's actually the exact gas that your spaceship uses that Lexi's uh, ship had crashed on Earth in
0: in Florida. At area 52. (laughs) That was an easier mode, I guess, because you're just rolling over the ball on the gas, and then you gather the gas that way, and then you hit the scoop on the right to collect it. Yep. And then I remember getting to that redneck guy where you're like, uh, either fixing or modifying a part for the spaceship. Yep, he's trying to help you fix the the parts for the spaceship that are broken. This is an odd thing. So like I said, when I... First was saying I walked up to the game that the flipper buttons are kind of space pushed out on these little quarter moon things. All of a sudden, I'm playing. My first game at Lexi was really bad, and then my second game I was actually getting far in the quote unquote beating modes. Yeah, you were progressing through stuff. I noticed my fingers were cramping, and I was freaking just grabbing. I must have just been gripping the hell out of the game. <laughs> uh, it's intense. It's very intense, and uh, I was getting very excited. I must have just been super excited about, like, don't you drain, man. You're collecting all this fart gas. I just started cracking up because of uh, how my fingers were cramping and uh, how how intense I was playing. For listeners at home, that's the first time
1: he's uh, cramped up while performing so that was uh oh that's not the first well
0: (laughs) first at your house first
1: at my house so that was pretty cool to see that he was so excited and so focused that he was like uh, borderline overexerting himself trying to like keep the ball in play and like tap the buttons just right that he needed to to be able to make the shots but yeah, I mean you get to see a, a decent amount of Lexi's modes, at least the mm-hmm. initial ones, because I think there's like
0: eleven in total. Oh, there's a bajillion. Yeah. I watched Kevin's stream and he didn't beat it, but he got pretty darn far in it. He did. He did. And I played I played tons of TNA too. And Ninja Turtles a couple games. Oh yeah, what do you think is the RGB drop targets in TNA? Yeah, they're integrated really nicely with the scrolling or whatever they call it. Yep. Well, oh, and the lock shot
1: where he was telling us that they uh like flash 180. Mm opposite of
0: one another we got yeah to see that too now i understand what he was talking about mm-hmm. where it like bounces back so you're getting a p3 right yeah, once his acdc sells someone just needs
1: to buy it i'll order one all right listeners help parnell sell his acdc
0: so he can get a p3 don't mind trading for it either but if i buy one no big deal i just will have to go find more play fields i'll just save up for those
1: yeah but they're not as expensive as buying a new game
0: no And I showed my daughter, Kevin, playing Barnyard, and she was medium on it. I don't know if she understood it. She would probably have to see it in person, but, like, the first thing I... No, I wouldn't. No, just kidding. I like it. So, I have no idea what she's talking about.
1: Well, perfect. So, it sounds like you got her on board, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Dude, for some reason, she only talks about ACDC now, so I'm a little nervous. Not that, like, her talking about my game is going to make me not sell it, but... It's odd that she's, like, only talking about ACDC pinball.
1: That's just until you get Barnyard and Rocks and Cannon Lagoon. Then she'll be talking about those games and how cool they are.
0: Well, or whatever else that I make. Right. You could make a Barnyard, too. I don't know. I feel like I'd want all the play fields so that I could make games on them. But also, my kids might like the baseball game or the Cannon Lagoon game. And then Lexi has has um, Nick's game plus Lexi Lightspeed, which there's two of them. Uh, you don't have the second one, but yeah. I enjoyed the first one. I think it's Secret Agent Showdown is the one that I don't have yeah. yet. Yep. And then Cosmic Cart, I would almost have to get because I would love to play online with other people. But then Ranger in the Ruins, I mean, it's hard to say that Ranger in the Ruins could sell that playfield, but damn. It almost could. That was fun. Like, legit. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that statement, too. Like,
1: Cosmic Kart Racing is a lot of fun. It has two very distinct modes. It has online multiplayer support. But in addition to that, you can also get Ranger in the Ruins, which is almost a module seller itself.
0: I don't know if we even went over... The Cosmic Kart Arcade is just racing, and then the story mode is... You had said it, but I don't know if we talked about it at the time. It's a story. It's like Lord of the Rings. You literally... Run around, do side jobs, make money, build your cart, and then go race. I haven't watched Kevin's stream of it, of the story side, but I'm assuming it's a deep story.
1: Yeah, well, and Jerry confirmed that no one's uh, beat the game yet without using save That's what that save, save feature's for, man. Well, <laughs> I think uh, he can tell when you use that. <laughs> but uh, without save states, no one's beat the wizard mode on Cosmic Cart's campaign
0: yet. Oh. So the heist, for sure, is the P3 Seller. That game alone, if people play it a handful of games, they will buy it. That game is a full-fledged, totally feels like a standard, what a pinball-obsessed person is going to complain about the P3, that would completely fix all their complaints. The other modules with games, they each kind of have a very specific feature. I think Cosmic Cart was really made for online play, and fun of showing off some flow and some magnet manipulation. Lexi does a great job at showing very specific features in every specific mode to show off the innovations that the P3 offered. And then Cannon Lagoon, obviously I think that was made for redemption stuff, but it has some very fun games in itself with Slugfest. I definitely would save up and purchase each one of these playfields. So that I would have them. Oh out. yeah, I want Canon Lagoon. I don't have it. I want it, like for sure, because I think
1: it it is another cool thing to have in in the collection. Like it's another different
0: game. It's going to play
1: different than the other ones.
0: Why limit yourself to what game that you could make on Playfields as well? Like in my mind, if I was going to start developing, or when I do, I should say, I have the SDKs all loaded up. I just got to get kind of working on it. Was my first thought was I start. With just the main scoops at the top of the LCD, and just make a game that does that, so you get a feel for it. Then I like the Can Lagoon play feel because it's a little more simple, and it's kind of made for that flowy return back. What was that one, two, three, four, five shots?
1: Only two of them return to the flippers; the rest of them kind of come out all crazy. Or no, I think it's only the center one. I don't know. One, like most of the shots in Can Lagoon actually like kick back yeah, out. Yeah, they
0: must just dump into the trough, and then a new ball shoots out.
1: No. Oh. No, no, no. They like actually like kick the ball
0: back out. Oh. Oh, the, like it fires it yeah. back at you.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> Cannon Lagoon can uh the video I watched that can be pretty spicy as far as like some of those returns. Like it'll kick those balls out and uh I watched many times in the baseball mini game with the Cannon Lagoon module uh when Kevin was playing uh he had uh, he got uh, all three strikes. Like he had three strikes, he was out because you're only allowed three flips. <laughs> he couldn't cradle the ball because the ball was coming down, you know, screaming at him, and uh, you know, or it bounced off the orbit, or you know, whatever, and it didn't return like super easy. And that game does that like on purpose. So yeah, no, not all those shots are like safe shots. If that. Oh, I didn't sense. know
0: that. I'll have to watch that then because. Uh... Yeah. It looks like, oh, it's just a simple playfield. I didn't know that. That's sweet. Yep. One thing that I just remembered looking at the Cannon Lagoon playfield with Grand Slam. When you're playing the heist and you start the driver mini mode or whatever, his like pickup mode. Crosstown side job. Crosstown yeah. side job. <laughs> so when you hit the start button or this mode, the ball comes from the right orbit. Like It just shoots out. During this mini mode that scoop pops up and it's above your flipper. So the, the ball hits it and stays behind it. And then it's like, all right, here's what you do, blah, 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 get ready. And then the scoop drops, the ball starts rolling toward your flipper, and then you hit this orbit shot where the ball, you know, hits this inner orbit, loops around back to your flipper, but the scoop pops back up. And so the ball gets stopped again. And, uh, it re- you know, obviously it reminds me of, who has those shots? Steve Ritchie Games where they have those loop shots of your upper third flipper. And uh, it stops the ball two or three times, and then it goes, let's see how many we can do in a row. Screw that. That thing was so fast, I only made it once. I think I've gotten twice,
1: like once. And I've gotten a few times. So that upper flipper is, the geometry is so cool on the P3 that you can actually somehow make... From the upper flipper, not only the orbit shot, but you can also, like, shats it so bad and (laughs) miss so bad that it actually has enough power to hit the left orbit and go all the way around. Or I've even, I think once or twice, had it go up the left ramp (laughs) and then, like, go all the way around, make it, and, like, go back to the flipper. So, like, that ball is screaming, because for you to fudge up an orbit shot and the ball still have enough steam to then either do the main orbit that it is not, like, I mean, it might maybe be f- possible, like, technically, but it does not look like you can make either of those shots. And you somehow can if the ball's screaming around the orbit fast enough. Is there so many
0: things you can do that you would never think of because you have to think outside the box? Like that scoop to stop a ball, like a magnet in roller games. Uh, what's the other one? Is there another game that the ball is like held?
1: Um, I think. Uh, it's not no fear. Is it? Radical. I think it'll do it in radical too, where it'll like. I don't know if that's a Steve Ritchie game, but I think it'll stop the ball there too and be like, "Hey, make this shot."
0: Like I said earlier, I am just so excited about this for the next module to have Scott Denise's music. And you know he does some, he does a wide variety of music, but like his TNA soundtrack is very, what would you call it? It's like very electronic, but they're fucking amazing. <laughs> that's the word I like that for. music. So I'm excited. <laughs> uh, they gave us nothing else. I wouldn't be surprised if it was as good or better than Heist, which would be nuts because the Heist did get voted like that Mac got voted the best Mac via the Twippies. Well, that's because it is. You recalibrated it. That was also a unique experience because you open the coin door, you go to this menu, it knows that module's in there. You calibrate it, it tells you what buttons to press, and then it auto-calibrate. You pick some spots, but then it auto-calibrates over and over until it focuses in, and you can watch it. Like, testing, like, very minute changes. It keeps testing and checking to see if it's going to touch that ball. That was nuts. There was a lot of engineering put in this, like to Jerry's point of, if you over-engineer it, it shouldn't break on route. And so it shouldn't break in your home. Obviously, it's pinball. There's going to be certain things, but that thing was engineered very well. I love it. Fucking (laughs) amazing.
1: And the fact, you got to see where all the ball trackers were.
0: Too finally, like oh, yeah, all those little laser beams. Yeah, I'm just excited to see another module that has a new and exciting game on it that gets people jazzed up again. Because I'm assuming when the heist dropped, a handful of people jumped on board, and if Jerry led on to, there potentially is a uh, licensed game coming. And it might not be this
1: one, but it's common. Could you imagine a licensed another a licensed game on the P3 platform with Scott Tanisi's music?
0: He do you know that he didn't say wow. no to Princess Bread? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. All right. We can't get too bogged down in uh, Princess Bread in particulars. Yeah, but I, I do think it's really interesting uh for our listeners that have been listening. Jerry really went into detail about how an upside down scoop would work. So I'm not saying confirmed, but it was definitely very interesting to hear. They've really worked that out. And I don't know if that's going to be in the next module, but I'm really excited to see an upside down scoop on the P3 on the main playfield, something for you to be able to interact with. Um, that's going to be super cool, and I'm really excited uh, for for this next game. And we do know that when Jerry was on, he also discussed that they are now at a point where they, uh, you know, are looking into licenses. So we don't know for sure what this next game coming out is, but it'd be really, really cool. Uh, you know, to know more about it. And I can tell you, everyone that's listening, when Jerry is willing to release more information, uh, he has confirmed with us that he's going to sit back down with us and I think we'll be the ones to to break whatever the latest and greatest news is about it uh, just because we have a good relationship with him and we really believe and love the platform and, and want to see it continue to grow.
0: It's just so weird to think that you have one game that could house an endless amount of games in the, from the future. And the way that it's modular, like, when I was there, you took out the LCD screen, the plexiglass, the glass, the flipper mech, well, the flipper slingshot mech.
1: Yeah, and, and that took me, what, like, that was maybe five minutes, too, to get all that stuff stripped out and pulled all out of the yeah, game?
0: Once, yeah, once that lock for your flipper mech is pulled down, like where your apron is, that slid out, and then everything just un- unplugs and slides out the front. So let's just say in two years, Multimorphic goes, "Hey, we have a we have a four K screen that you guys can drop in, or a three D screen, yeah, or
1: fuck whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you can just buy that, slide it in, and uh, you might have to upgrade your computer, but whatever. I mean, it, it's very modular, and you can tell it was made to be that way. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's it it's uh, it's really cool." Because in comparison, uh, there's really no one else in that, in, you know, in the business trying to do that. They want to sell you one machine at crazy money, and then they want you to come back either three months later or a year later and buy the next machine for crazy money. Especially as pinball prices continue to go up, like Jesus Christ! Like I'm at the point right now. Like I, I think here. Pretty quickly, actually, no. I can confirm this. The cheapest game that has a screen that you can buy in pinball right now is the Canon Lagoon Playfield. Straight up, like if you have a P3, that is the cheapest game you can buy right now. That is, you know, going to be a brand new game, and not only that, it's that's going to be cheaper than most System Elevens. That's cheaper than a Gottlieb System Three. I mean, Jesus Christ, the world's, the times we are living right now. Are nuts. I mean, we've got what is it, ten thousand five hundred dollars for JJP, you know, middle of the road edition machine now. I mean, it's it's getting pretty nuts.
0: Pretty Let's see. Crazy. So, Cannon Lagoon is fifteen hundred, and does that include shipping? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's a bunch of money. So that's shipped. Right. Then another game that plays on it is Ranger in the Ruins oh, that- for one fifty.
1: No, no, no. Ranger of the Ruins doesn't play on Canada. Oh, my again. bad. Uh, uh, Grand Slam. The
0: Grand Slam does, 400 yep. bucks. Yep. So you get two games for under $2,000. Now, I'll be curious to see uh, in the SDK if they have more info on how to make your game multiplayer. Because how cool would it be to play Grand Slam or any other game that's user-made versus other people?
1: Four-player (laughs) barnyard, boom. I already know Kevin will be down. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. I think they're right now. We can ask Jerry and we can actually come back next week because I'm sure he'll answer this. So I know right now their multiplayer hasn't even left beta Mm -hmm. yet. But I do know that he said that they're hoping to bring multiplayer to more of the games. And it wouldn't surprise me once it leaves beta if that would be something readily available for individuals to kind of latch onto and be able to use for their games, although I don't know all of the other configurations you would have to have uh, either from them or that you would have to set up to make it work. But we already know that Nick uses, in Ranger in the Ruins, he has a server set up with like over 100 worlds for Ranger in the Ruins, so it's truly roguelike, and uh you're not finding your dead body at the same point every time you play. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot of things you could do that aren't just tied to multimorphic. And I don't know if Nick's game, we'd have to talk to him, but is you know, does AWS host the server? Or does Multimorphic host it? Because they they want games on their platform, so they're helping them out, or what happens if Nick stops paying, you know, the monthly fee on the server or whatever, however it's set up, stuff like that. Where we don't know, we'd have to ask Nick
1: or Jerry or both. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we'll have Nick on soon. Uh, I think that could be fun, where he could talk about designing these games. But
0: uh, oh, they have artwork protectors, do they have protectors that go on top of your art, like the magnet ones? uh. <sighs>
1: Well, everyone, I think it's that time. So with that, we wish you good day, good evening, good night.
0: Do you have that written down somewhere where you just rattled it off? Nope. Maybe we'll get sponsored. I think it's just different every time. But goodbye. <laughs> it was nice talking to you about P3 and how we're just slanging it now.
1: Absolutely. We're total corporate sellouts. <laughs> No, but I just truly love the platform. And I think it's honestly like one of the coolest freaking things in pinball.
0: I think that it hasn't been adopted because it's people haven't, there's not enough of them out everywhere for people to just get to sink their teeth into it.
1: Well, right. And then you have a lot of people that don't have a lot of playtime or experience with it and they just quickly kind of write it off and they're like, eh, eh because i think anybody if they walk up to a game and they just can't make any shots and they don't know what's going on they aren't going to have fun yeah. and it's not that cause it's not that the P3 doesn't do a good job of explaining it but i think a lot of people walk up with preconceived notions and that immediately kind of reduces the chances of them to have those like moments that i consistently get with my machine where i'm like holy shit
0: this is amazing well that's a good point so you had you've had a couple friends come over that were either interested in that or just in pinball and they have no pinball. So what was their thought, their first reaction on it?
1: One of my friends, listener, Zach, the guy who left me the white claw that uh, not the best flavor in the world. Uh, still love you, Bo. Um, he's actually talking about selling, uh, some of his magic card collection that he has amassed over the years. And, Buying a P3 because he's genuinely that impressed with the platform. And for someone that isn't into pinball at all to walk up to this machine and have that kind of an experience where they're almost already down to invest into this machine and this platform is incredible. Because I've had other great machines down in my basement. I mean, I've had Attack from Mars, I have TNA, Ghostbusters. I mean, you guys know my lineup. You know, some of the games that I've had, I know I think our first or second episode I rattled off uh, all the games that have come and gone down in my basement. I mean, I've had over 30 games down here. And Zach's seen probably 90 or 95% of them and played them. None of those games have left the impression that the P3 left on him. And if that doesn't tell you enough about the platform itself, then I I think that... uh, you truly just aren't listening then at that point. Like, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Cause like I can't sell him on buying, uh, you know, an attack from Mars LE. I couldn't sell him on buying a used ghostbusters, but he comes over and plays the P three and he's ready to buy one brand new.
0: <laughs> That's ridiculous.
1: I mean, I'm just saying,
0: <laughs> um, when I get mine, I'll be curious to see what people that, I have as friends, either with pinball or without, how they react to it as well. And kind of how my family does, because no one in my family but me has played it. My daughter kind of, you know, enjoys flipping the the ball around, but really not beyond, I mean, she's a three-year-old, so it's not like she really comprehends code and depth, but like my wife has played when we get a game and like she'll beat me on the first couple games and then She's like, okay, well, I gotta keep my record high, <laughs> but I'll be curious to see what she thinks too, because uh, she's definitely down for some family fun and and something different. And Maybe it'll be as a very you know uh, amateur player. Maybe the screen will help, and since she's not so used to a normal pinball, maybe she'll actually read the LCD screen and kind of get what she needs to do.
1: Yeah, that was another thing that was echoed through all of my friends that are not pinball friends that have been over to try it. Um, They said the P3 was very clear and specific about what it wants you to do, like when you get into a mode. And it's really intimidating for a lot of my friends that I'll say are like, you know, only play pinball at my house. Like these aren't people that go out and seek pinball uh, outside of coming over to my house initially at least. I do have friends that I now, because they've come over to my house a few times and we've hung out and played games uh, in the past year and a half, two years, I do now have friends that when they go somewhere and they see a pinball, they'll throw some quarters in it and play because they you know if they haven't played that game before, that's one that they like. Um, you know, and they'll come over, or they'll reach out to me over Facebook or something and be like, Hey man, you know, I just want to let you know, like, uh, you know, I played this game this weekend, and, you know, this is what I liked and this is what I different di- didn't like. And it's like, Holy shit. You almost sound like a pinball person. Like, yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the P3 is very good about, uh, you know, it does, it can tell a story and it can tell you what to do without just flashing lights. And with pinballs these days, there's so many lights that are flashing. There's so many shots. There's so much going on that a lot of times it can kind of get drowned out with everything that you need to do. Uh, and it's not 100% clear on those machines unless you put a lot of time into them, uh, which is why I don't think us saying you need to put more time in on p 3s any different than putting... You know, a lot of time on any of the other machines out there and learning what the machine wants you to do, um, I think you'll you'll end up really, really loving it.
0: I think at the end of the day, it really comes... I mean, obviously, it's everybody's opinion, but like, I only have so much space, and if I have boatloads of fun and I could have boatloads more fun, does it matter what it looks like?
1: Right. Well, when the new games come out, there's new art that you could be changing it to as well. That's true.
0: And like like even Scott Denise he said, he ra- he'd rather play a blown-out game because it plays better to him, right? Things are easier to hit. The ball doesn't roll as fast. There, Everybody has these unique opinions, and it's interesting to, to hear everybody's opinion on what they like. But it is hard, too, because some people just make a very hard-line opinion without having experience with it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely... Uh... Pinball is a very opinionated market and I'm very proud and happy, uh, that we have people that genuinely listen to us and appreciate and enjoy what we have to say. And, um, I'm not saying take our words as gospel, but what I am saying is that I do truly think that most pinball people that I've, uh, you know, have in my friend group, um, Will have not maybe the same reaction where they're like, I'm going home to buy one tomorrow. But I do think that it's going to change a lot of people's minds and they can come over and play more in a few games uh, than they could like at a loud trade show or a loud convention.
0: Yeah. I mean, if anybody is even remotely considering one or, or is interested, you need to play it. Watching streams doesn't do it justice. You have no, to put a it handful of games does not. and have the owner or someone at a show that knows the game, like it works at Multimorphic help you out a little bit because there is so much stuff you're going to miss.
1: Yeah. And, and I encourage any of our other listeners, if you're in a reasonable driving distance and you'd like to come out and check out a P3 and you're okay wearing face masks right now and bringing hand sanitizer and, uh, you know, maintaining six feet apart, um, you know, please reach out to me. And, and I think that, you know, I could have you over and we could have some fun. So, you know, everyone keep that in the back of their mind. If, if you are truly interested in possibly getting one or, or, or kind of on the fence about one, reach out. I would be more
0: than happy to help. Also, there's the pin side map, and you can look to see if there's one on route near you. I think pinballmap.com also does it. You, you have to search by the game, though, right? So, like, heist or Lexi. Or yeah, you can't search like
1: P3 P <laughs> Multimorphic. Which is what I was trying to do uh, when I first
0: was doing it. I was like, oh, damn, I got to <laughs> search by game.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, you got to search by game. Um, but, yeah, the you know, there's a chance if you're outside of the Twin Cities Midwest area, someone has one. Especially if you're closer to Chicagoland or anything like that. But, um, you know, the... West side of Wisconsin, North Dakota, South Dakota, Ohio. Um, I'm kind of like the only only shop in town right now that has one. So um, I hope to be able to share it with more people because I think more people need to play it. And I don't have to worry about playfield dimples.
0: Whoop, whoop. <laughs> it was nuts how quiet and smooth the ball rolled on that lower two-thirds. Well, and on the upper.
1: Oh, yeah. But like, thank you.
0: The lower two thirds is the different part, right? And it's just like. Right. Yeah. You're you're just like listening and waiting for it to hear the like the ball roll. And there's it's there's like nothing. It's quiet. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, the flippers are loud, but every flipper is loud.
1: I don't think they're any louder than Spike 2 games. I think, actually, it's quieter than Spike 2.
0: There's just a standard flipper noise, but I just was saying, like, they're loud. Well, I guess I... Yeah, my context was wrong. They're loud like a flipper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But they're not the loudest flipper. Because Spike 2s are obnoxiously loud, even with the glass on.
0: It's because the cabinet's so damn thin.
1: Well, that and the...
0: the, (laughs) Coil stops are already oh broken. The moment on, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I didn't bring this up either. The way that P3 is offering support of their customers and how well they handle stuff is also making me lean toward them as well. I just said that three times. Stern took you 10, took you 10 months to get you a play field. It took me three or four to get my play field years ago. Uh, jersey jack jjp took me six months to get my replacement trap door and now jersey jack just changed their playfield replacement policy to be like uh oh you don't like it uh we'll buy your game back at i don't know if it's prorated or full price uh you can buy it can you buy it is that their thing you can buy a playfield oh joy yeah let me fucking buy a playfield or you can only buy it at the end of the run there's no more free play fields. And Stern is just, it's a coin flip on if you ever get a replacement play field. Like, I'm surprised you got yours. I, I am too. hundred uh, percent.
1: My distributor was convinced. I, yeah. You know, he's like, eh. Prove this is a problem.
0: <laughs> and it's like, uh, no, it looks horrible. Meh. But it doesn't affect gameplay. Like, I'm pretty sure Stern's going right. to change the warranty really... policy now too. Yeah,
1: I was really expecting them to be like, get fucked, like the clear isn't pooling, you know, too bad. But, you know, and in hindsight, I think I've mentioned this, but I'll I'll echo it again. So I had an issue where some of my lights on Cosmic Kart Racing, the um, high capacity LED strips, uh, I had one of the strips out and then two of the rings stopped working correctly. Uh, They like weren't working correctly. I reached out to Jerry that day. Uh, in less than two and a half hours, uh, he had offered to have me call in, but we just worked through an email uh, back and forth. We had figured out exactly what the problem was, troubleshot it to the point where we knew exactly what the next step was, which in this case was, unfortunately, a replacement, um, which uh, Jerry had mentioned was very uncommon. Uh, he like had never seen that actually happen, uh, but was like... I'll send you a whole new set, just send back the old ones. And I actually messaged him back. I was like, you know, actually, um, you know, do you think I could just ship the play field down to you? And he replied back, yeah, here's the address. So I shipped him my play field down there and he got the play field. He, they replaced the lights. They actually ended up tweaking a few other things and updating some hardware and sent it back to me. And I only had to pay for shipping. And it was like three-day turnaround, four-day turnaround from the time my play field got down there to the time it was in the mail back up to me. I think it was like total time, like week and a half from the time I sent it to the time it was back on my front doorstep. So uh, Stern and JJP, can't fucking touch that. I'm sure Spooky, I haven't had to work with them. I'm sure they're a lot better. Um, but still I don't think that they're at that level I don't think you could send them your play field And in less than two weeks Get a new one back And like hey sorry about the, the issue uh, You know Especially second owner Because I didn't buy the game new But the warranty still transferred with me And I still was able to get my stuff figured out And you know covered
0: Two year so. warranty Transferable two year warranty And they're still going to be able to answer questions and try to help you afterward. I'm assuming, right? Like,
1: oh yeah, they they're very oh, yeah. open. Is, like, not
0: that I'm telling you that they're going to give you free support for forever, but, but
1: I can tell you right now, they're going to help you if you need help, regardless of how long you've had the machine.
0: Yeah, they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that that P3 stays working. That's pretty great, though, because with the Stern you have to use your distributor. You should. That they tell you, and then if you contact
1: Stern. oh, they won't let you contact Stern directly. They'll tell you to fuck off. Because I did that too. Like I, I think it was like three or four months into my playfield, I just like lost it one day. I was having a really shitty day, and I was like, you know what? Fuck all this. So I called Stern. I got into their parts department. and I was like, I want to buy a Turtles playfield. And they were like, all right, well, what's your dealer number? I'm like, I'm not a dealer. I'm not a distributor. I'm just a consumer that bought one of your machines and you guys are taking too long to send me a Playfield, so I'm just going to buy one. And they're like, well, we don't sell to you and we didn't sell you the game, so it's not our responsibility to fix this. It's actually your distributor's responsibility and you need to reach out to them for them to get it resolved. It was like, wow. All right, fuck me. Cool.
0: It's really putting me off that like, you spend this much money on a toy, brand new, and then you have to like justify issues with it, which is, makes it even yeah. better to and, buy and you. And they instead. aren't
1: going to bend over backwards to help either.
0: No. Which is another good reason to have a good distributor to, to support you.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Glenn went to bat for me, and Glenn down at the pinball basement, or not pinball basement, excuse me, Glenn down at the pinball place, he got my play field eventually after fighting tooth and nail with Stern, but your mileage may vary and moving forward. I don't know if they're going to offer this thing again. If they print shitty play on a pro, uh, they might just tell you get fucked. You, you might have more of a leg to stand on, on a premium or an LE, but they might even go back on that too. Uh, because if Jersey Jack's now making it to where you are not going to get a free play field, it wouldn't surprise me. If Stern's like, well, fuck it. If they aren't going to do it, we aren't either. Like, why would we waste more money in this when we don't have to? Oh, man. Because if there's one company that cuts corners hm. and, and pinches pennies, it's still. Oh, yeah.
0: And JJP might be following suit right behind them.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, especially now that Guns N' Roses is truly like their blockbuster game that they've been waiting on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, to see Wizard of Oz owners that have had their game for a few years that initially invested into the company, like did their Kickstarter, that kickstarted Jersey Jack back in the day, that are waiting months with a broken game because the initial light boards were bad. They came out with a replacement, but not everyone can get on to get a replacement board when they come out because they don't do, they didn't make enough to replace all the boards. They make small runs. And they say, hey, we have some for sale You gotta buy the kit uh, Before it sells out And if it sells out, I mean I, I was reading the other day, there's some guys Who've been bitching, their games broken for six months Haven't been able to get A replacement board set Asking Jersey Jack weekly When are you gonna run another set My game has been broken for six months It's not playable And they're like, we'll get around to it Yeah." Fuck me. I haven't heard that. I guess I haven't looked into the threads, though. Fuck me. I'd be livid. Especially if I was the original fucking purchaser of it. And I've done a lightboard swap on a Wizard of Oz. That sucks donkey dick. Let me tell you. That's like 82 pages of hell. Like, that took me and another friend, like, over eight hours to do it. And we read the instructions, and there was still stuff in the the 80 pages of a few pictures, but not many where we ended up having to go back more than once to like make minor adjustments because they didn't build the kits with any extra slack in the wire strips in the, in the wire. So if you didn't mount that board positioned perfectly, it ain't going to plug in and you got to drill another hole and remount that board under there a different way. And it's, it's, it's fucked. So yeah, I, I really like P3 and I like that if I contact them with something, it's not weeks, it's not months, it's hours, if not a day. And I hear
0: back. Yeah. That's good. That's a, uh, it's very supportive in the, and unheard of in the, the time that we have with the current market of vendors. Cause I've heard horror stories with everybody now. Except for P three, well, in deep root, <laughs> they could even get a game <laughs> out. Yep. Well, all right. Well, I think I think that's it. Yeah, let's rewrap this up. Actually, we have
1: the wrap up. I'll just make you go back and cut yeah. It.
0: Actually, I probably will have to. I probably will recut a bunch of this stuff.
1: Yeah, you'll just cut that ending and just put it here. Oh. Cut. Now not recording. Well, hopefully. I've lost seven-tenths of your entire podcast. (laughs) God,
0: that sucks so bad. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. As Ryan said, we will talk to you soon. Bye. Goodbye.
1: No So long Don't make it long and hard It's gonna be so
0: long and hard Let's make it easy and fast Cause that's what everybody likes Except no. your wife
1: <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea's gonna kill you Why? Saying shit like
0: that Don't expose her secrets
1: she has my wife How's
0: that 10 seconds of fury She's Just loving it <laughs> It's not Bowser's Fury, it's Parnell's Fury. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready? It's episode 62. It is? Okay. Should we now go? Now recording. <laughs>
1: Fuck you, Craig!
0: <laughs> All right. Is that a long enough awkward silence? It, <laughs> um, Maybe. <laughs> I will take seven. Take 22. <laughs> Mark, now recording. I'll beat every game as long as I can save state it. <laughs>
1: yep, even you, buddy. Even you. Any other closing thoughts? You some ugly Martians.